This week, Meta's team is shrinking. Valve's lineup could be growing. Elon Musk might be leaving. And AI art is here. It's Monday, December 19th, 2022, and this is episode 639 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can join the community and get ad-free versions of F5 Live and Pilchpoint, or on our website, pluckitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights normally, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you can't join us live, that's okay. Uh, Pluckitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, Pluckets Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Speaking of uh, content that you get if you join us over on uh, YouTube as a subs- as a member, um, once CES gets started, you'll get some uh, special behind-the-scenes stuff that you won't get on the public show. Plus, uh, as the interviews get edited, they are made available to our YouTube members. Um, not They're not pretty. It's the video. There's no nice titles or descriptions or anything. You just got to do it. But, uh, yeah, all that's made, vail- made available as they're edited. Anyway, that's in a couple of weeks. But tonight, Avram, it's good to be back. Yes, it's great to be back. How did your first uh, night of Hanukkah go? It was all right. It was okay. Uh, you know, we uh, went to my mom's. Uh, nothing, nothing too exciting. Had a nice dinner. Uh, gave the kids some gifts, uh, you know, lit some candles. It was, it was all good. It was all good. Now we have a few few more nights, but, uh, my son got kind of sick. So today, so we're not getting to like really have a fun day or anything about it, but you know, Hey, there's another five, six days, six days. So, you know. Do sure. that, and we can watch uh, all the new Dave Grohl videos that come out for Hanukkah. You know, it comes out every night with like a different song. So, sure. um, anyway, uh, we went. And so did, yeah, we went and did something a little different. We went and sing, uh, saw Trans Siberian Orchestra last night. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, that's always a fun show, and uh, the fact that it all got started here. Uh, they always put on a slightly bigger show <laughs> for us here in Tampa. So there was fire and multiple stage setups. It was a intense. <laughs> and from a from a production standpoint, Alante and I had an absolute blast watching because like they had these big these six big rings on the stage that all moved and they were all lit. And yeah. one of them went out during the show. And 
we're like, I wonder if they're going to even it out. I wonder if they're going to go into the DMX controller and turn off the other one so that it was, so that it was symmetrical. And they did. They went in and made it so it was symmetrical again. It was fun to watch. That that is really cool. <sighs> we'll talk about this more during my segment, but it's in a monitor palooza over here in my <laughs> in my house. I have taken apart like my set my four monitor setup and upgraded some pieces of it, and then I got so into some of it that I ordered another monitor. Now I'm not really sure what I'm going to do because I'm actually have an extra mon- extra 4K monitor and I don't have room to place to put a fifth monitor. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, <laughs> I also have... That's why my face isn't so well lit. I didn't realize how much I depend on having a monitor over there to light my face. Um, so my top level monitors are still, I show the audience, they're still, um, missing because um, I had to move, those were my bottom monitors. And then that's one of the two that have to be put back up. But on the other hand, I have another one coming in the mail and it's a long story. But anyway, uh, I'm also looking for an, a solution to keep the monitor arms here from sagging and falling. So if anybody has any ideas of like somebody online suggested a I get a PVC pipe or something and cut it, I'm looking for some way to like put some type of stand in mm-hmm. the stand to hold the arm to keep the arms from flopping over. Is it is it the 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 cantilever on the actual uh, attached to the actual monitor that's that's sagging? Yeah, well, the the like the arm part it sags a little bit, and then I had a like a scare the other day because these like it's all a big like one big pipe here, right? Mm-hmm. One big, and these arms here, if they're screwed to hold steady that like centerpiece mm-hmm. and i like pushed on one and the whole thing fell down oh. and i wouldn't want it like the bottom one fell down with monitors on it fortunately it didn't have far to fall mm-hmm. but i really worry about about it falling again or the top one falling sure so particularly because i'd like to be able to pull it can move out like this but i right. worry about if it's out, then it's maybe it's like even more likely to fall because maybe it's like putting more, I don't know, about weight or whatever. So I'm trying to figure out how I might like, I don't know, get a some do something to kind of prop add extra support to the arms, whether 3D yeah. print something or take a PVC pipe, cut it to the right size, and I don't know, put some kind of groove in it to hold the arm up. I haven't really seen anybody do it, do anything like that, but. I, so I had trouble with one of my two trees with the bottom set of arms, um, Eh. specifically because of the weird mount, because HP made my monitors not with a VESA mount, but they had designed this thing that clipped in where the stand goes 
and had a vase amount here and it sat off. Um, but they never made it publicly available, but somebody's, I guess, got a hold of it and made them. And so I ended up with a bunch of those. And, um, for some reason, those would bow forward over time. And I ended up, because the height was just right, I ended up using uh, lead-acid batteries out of, a, like, dead batteries out of a battery backup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was, I, I could was probably the put perfect a pile height. Of, <laughs> I mean, I could probably put a pile of books or something if I really tried, but it just seems like a really big mess. Like, if I could just put some type of a stand at the end of it to sort of hold hold it, then that would be good. Um, maybe that defeats the purpose of having a monitor arm because you should, shouldn't, but it still would be less than having a, uh, less crowd on my desk than that. Just putting a whole bunch of stands. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll figure some, figure something out, but I want to try to find a way to, to keep this from falling. And, uh, anyway, makes yeah. sense. And then I also discovered another problem with a couple of my monitors is that the, they're all vase mounted, but, some of them have the V's amount on the bottom of the back and some of it have in the middle of the back. So these like bigger monitors that I have, these 28 inches, I thought I could get them to line up with the 27s because they're, they're not that much different in size. But the because the V's amount is low on it, it it sits high, right? Yeah. Um, so whereas the other ones are where it kind of should be, the V's amount's in the middle of the back. In the center. Middle yeah. of the back. So, uh, I don't know. This is kind of messing me up. Uh, I don't know. Long, long story, but definitely hey, things. Listen, definitely things to think about. <laughs> but listen, folks, you sh- you two should have four monitors or more. Maybe you sh- if you had if you have more office space than I do, get a six, get a hex mount, then you won't have to decide which monitor to kick out of your array like I have to. Um, I've got four aimed at me where I'm sitting right now and six out in mission control. So I get it. Yeah. I mean, I just had one. I really liked the color on and I was like, Oh, and I get another one like that instead of these dull ones. Yeah. And it makes sense. Well, we'll talk about that more in the pilch point. I think, um, before we get started, just want to remind people we are, Oh, way too close to CES getting started. Our uh, TPN broadcast will start on Thursday, January 5th, probably at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Um, it will go 10 to 5, 9 to 5, 9 to 5, 9 to 2, I think. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, got a lot of content coming. Um, our schedule is filling quick. Uh, Friday the 6th is National Technology Day. Um, and we will be teaming up once again with our good friends over at the National Day Calendar to celebrate National Technology Day. Um, they have a show from the floor that they'll be doing. We'll be simulcasting. Lots of fun stuff coming up. So definitely uh, check that out. You'll be able to do that at uh, plugkitslive.com slash join us or um, at uh, techpodcast.com slash CES2023. Um, and again, if you're a member on YouTube, you will get um, you will get interviews once they're edited, not once they're published. So 
in some cases, you can be weeks ahead of the publish. So definitely uh, go check that out. Uh, for those of you who might be joining us on Facebook or Twitter, we appreciate you uh, joining us for the live show. However, it ends here for you. If you want to continue, join us over on, on Twitch or on YouTube. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us and uh, chat with us over there. That's the best way for us to join along with you. Um, and so that's the best place for you. With that, we will see you over there, hopefully, and we will get down to some news right now. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, tablet, Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. Remember, current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv Microsoft. All right, we have talked about our various feelings about uh, VR and in particular um, Facebook slash Meta's implementation of VR over the years. Avram has uh, long said that the uh, HTC Vive is more his favorite device than, say, the MetaQuest, which I agree with. I have used many MetaQuests and I don't quite enjoy them as much. I don't know if he has updated that recommendation since then. Uh, I mean, I think it's good that you have, I think, as Carmack said, have something that works really well, you know, detached from a computer. Mm -hmm. It so happens that my son has a Quest 2, uh, and, and so that's the only VR headset I have in the house, and it's much easier to use than than an HTC Vive, you don't have to set up a station or anything yeah. like that. So, you know, it's, it's they convenient, got their ups and downs. it works, you know, it's convenient and it works. Uh, I don't get to use it very much. <laughs> he uses it a lot, but, um, so I don't think, I don't, I actually think, you know, if I were to recommend VR for somebody today, the most, the one that makes the most sense is still the quest 2 it's yeah. relatively affordable it works independent of a pc or with a pc uh or wirelessly uh so it gives you lots of options and it seems to be the best supported in terms of software so yeah you know it i mean i'd like to see somebody make something better or meta make something better but it's at them and it's been out for what like two three years now it's not exactly so, a brand new product yeah it's been out for so a while. i think i think we could certainly use something new but it's for what's out there it's probably the the best mainstream vr solution yeah for sure um we've we've got one possibly in a box right in front of me um or out in mission control um I have never been a huge VR person. I'm much more an AR person. There's a HoloLens just outside of my reach to my left. Um, but obviously VR has a lot of interesting uh, possibilities. It has had its share of issues. Um, 
in adoption, but overall, uh, VR has has certainly done better in the last couple of years, partially because of the the Quest Two and its its uh, independent nature. Um, but it has still struggled. Um, before the company changed its name, everybody kind of wondered what is Facebook's plan with VR now that they've purchased, you know, they purchased Oculus and what fourteen. Um, and it kind of bounced around a little bit. It didn't seem like they quite had a, a grip on what their plans were. Um, then they rebranded everything. Everything became meta. Facebook became meta. Oculus became meta. <laughs> everything was meta. And the belief was maybe they, maybe they found their focus. Well, this week... <laughs> The uh, now former chief technology officer for Oculus slash uh, MetaQuest has left John Carmack. Um, and on his way out, he basically said that he didn't have it in him to continue trying to fight to put a direction on top of Facebook slash Meta's kind of chaos. Now... Their corporate chaos is something that is well known inside the engineering world. Um, many senior engineers, software engineers, have been offered jobs at at Facebook or Meta, depending on the the time period, including people here in this circle. Um, they're usually turned down because we all know that no part of the company has a direction. They're an engineering led company, which has has its benefits, but it does mean that they don't necessarily have a business plan or a business need or a, even a customer need for things that they create, and it sends them off in these weird places. Workplace, for example, which I don't think even exists anymore. Um, you know, they go off in these weird directions because they think it's cool, and then nobody cares. Um, and then they have things that they create that people do want. Um, uh Oculus for business, for example, um, that they completely abandon. Um, I worked on a project on Oculus for business f in the last six months and uh, completely abandoned. The best best features that, that the company had put on top of, of the VR and they had languished. They no longer support the modern hardware. It's And so... Carmack, who, by the way, co-founder of id Software, lead developer on kind of everything that mattered in the 90s. Doom, Wolfenstein 3D, Quake, you know, tons of, of high-profile 90s games. Carmack was like, I'm out. I'm, gonna, I'm done with VR, in fact. I'm going to go work on AI. It's, it's, it's a pretty big move, uh... As far as I'm concerned, you know, first of all, saying these things publicly, we have a link to his Facebook post, um, but also saying, I, I'm done. I'm out. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I mean, look, I, someone, as someone who's worked in the corporate uh, world, obviously not at Meta and not in programming and not in VR, so take it for what it is worth. But I have worked at a couple of different jobs and 
fairly large corporations or large compared to some and there's always some level of corporate bs at every job and there are always some people who have less tolerance for the bs sure there are some people who love the bs and are part of the bs there are some people who internalize the bs and they're like wow man i love whatever this bs is and then there are some people who <laughs> who oh who, i who, saw faces who, in my head of of those people from my past i'm sorry continue you know i mean that's one great way to succeed in a lot of corporations like listen whatever today's mantra is i'm, I'm with it whether i'll internalize it no matter what um but then there's always people especially the most creative people who are like hey i just don't i don't have the patience i don't have patience for corporate politics i don't have patience for this stuff i don't have patience for things that i disagree with i'm just gonna like take my ball and go home now to be mm -hmm. fair this guy's been doing this a while he didn't just start um but you know in my experience the more cooks you have the more politics you have the more bs you have the less gets done yeah and you look at like smaller and smaller companies and like they're able to do a lot more because they don't have so many layers of decision making uh to go through to make a to make a choice yeah um i mean i obviously for, for him well, though in this case he was literally at the top like one step from the top of the pyramid and he still couldn't get things done right so that's that is a problem because what they should do it's what it says is that this is a very top-down organization that even he can't can't be tried can't do what he wants in i mean some we see cases, this in all and in some cases, yeah. part of Meta's problem is this whole engineering-led culture where a lot of what happens is bottom-up driven. It, things are controlled by too many of the, the engineering employees, not the engineering managers, not the senior engineers, just the day-to-day. -day. Hey, today I want to work on this. Is there a need for it? Ah, don't worry about that. <laughs> And that's where a lot of the chaos at that company has always come from. Fortunately, uh, they did not implement that same chaos engine on top of Instagram, which is the reason why Instagram continues to operate fairly smoothly um, and, you know, release things that make sense. Occasionally they put out a UI update that annoys everybody, but they, they pulled that one back. But on the Facebook yeah. side, there's features that come and go sometimes day to day because... Somebody wanted to do a thing. Yeah, I mean, it It doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Uh, I mean, I think that, like, obviously, it's a big indictment of their, of their corporate culture there, that they can't get more done. Um, obviously, you know, I mean, the best situation, I mean, I guess part of the situation there too is that maybe they're not letting that division run as independently as they should, or maybe it is, like you said, just people from the bottom up having too much say. Uh, I mean, the, the guy was there a long time. He couldn't crack the culture. Uh, I guess see this as a warning uh, because... Carmack is someone who should be listened to. Yes. Like he 
he knows what he's doing. So, um, and, and even if he didn't know what he was doing in terms of VR, like he's supposed to be the manager there. And so we don't really know what his vision was. Um, but True. we see this all the time. I mean, think about all the uh, directors who have had their, you know, vision messed with by uh, movie executives. You, know, you thought that this could have been a great movie if only such and such person didn't mess with it. Yeah. Or so we so we hear, right? So right. you know, the Snyder it, stuff was a, is a good example of that. Except uh, then we learned. <laughs> well, that's a whole different issue. And it wasn't. But yes, yes. Uh, there's you know there's always somebody to to muck with it, and there's probably a lot of great stuff that was kind of left on the cutting room floor or whatever. So, I mean, I'd, I'd love to know what he thinks they should be building and what they're actually building. I mean, I assume they're working on a next generation product. I mean, it's a, they can't live with this forever, right? I mean, one would hope. I, I, I mean, th- there's I mean, the Oculus Pro, right? Um, but that's not a replacement for this. It's no. too right. It's too but, expensive. And, but it does yeah. it does indicate that that the division is doing something. We just don't know. Yeah. And again, that could be one of those things, right? Where where they were working on this other thing because somebody wanted to and not necessarily because there was a business need for it, which brings us back to the cultural issue over it over inside of Facebook slash Meta. Yeah, I mean I'd like to see um you know, I'd like to see them do something to unite AR and VR in a single device mm-hmm. um, to really give you like a really good, you know, real mixed reality yeah. experience. Um, we still haven't seen a great like AR consumer device. We've seen AR, some really expensive AR for business things like HoloLens, but we haven't seen like yeah, we haven't seen like a really great example of. I mean, like AR gaming is not the best experience, but AR can be good for other things. So, sure. like, although I'll tell you, mix... there there was an unofficial port of Pokemon Go for the Hololens. It no longer works. Um, Niantic was working on it at one point, and it leaked out. Um, so it was, you know, kind of an unofficial port or at least an unofficial release. I got to use it. That was wild. (laughs) That's, that's cool. I, I mean, most AR things that we've used are like, okay, this is a cute thing on the phone yeah, or whatever, like, like Pokemon Go. Sure. But I remember, I don't know if we ever talked about this on the show, but there was that thing that Lenovo came out with a few years ago where you do a lightsaber duel with uh, Kylo Ren or a Stormtrooper yep. or something and that was AR uh-huh. and that was that like, on was that on the Windows MR platform it was its own thing I think was it okay. I don't think you could use it it was a proprietary you could only do that with it I think mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it had a base station that you would put down then you'd have like a little 
yeah. uh, controller that looked like a lightsaber that you could use. And then if you had a second, and they were like 200, 250 bucks each. And then if you bought a second one, then you and a friend could lightsaber duel. But then if you didn't, uh, then you'd just be lightsaber dueling like, you know, Kylo Ren, a, a very translucent like Kylo Ren. And the thing is, it wasn't even smart enough to maintain the distance. So like uh, to, to change the distance. So no matter, you could walk across the room and Kylo Ren would still be two feet in front of you, whether you ran, went forward or back. It was always wherever, this. wherever, like it, and like, if you think, and if you think about it, like it was cute, it's cute for like a minute that like you're fighting, uh, you know, monsters or enemies or whatever in your living room. And then after a while you're like, eh, this isn't really what I want from my gaming experience. Like I want yeah. to be in a more immersive world than in my living room or whatever. Like I, I, I want to be transported to another world. I don't want when I'm gaming, I don't want it to be here in my desk in my living room. Like, you know, Pokemon go is cute like that, whatever. Cause you're collecting things, but I don't think a lot of people want to play, play a game where it's just a translucent thing on top of your messy desk and yeah. living room right it's the best it's it's not the absolute yeah. best ar game i have played is called fragments um it is we've ta- i think we may have even it may not have been on this show it might have been on something else but i i've talked about it on air and uh, lante and i keep talking about wanting to to do a stream of it because we don't think that anybody ever has um we've played it for hours at this point and we haven't finished our first time through the story. (laughs) And it's so so good. (laughs) There's like, there's this woman that sits on my, on my TV stand in front of the TV and talks to us because there was a flat surface there. And, uh, it has figured out that on my stairs, there's like a nice big flat wall. And so it puts when a control panel is needed, it puts it there. It's, I mean, it's solid, but it's the only one that I feel like has that kind of depth that I've, that I have personally interacted with, which is a shame, right? Because, you know, if you look at even for the, for the hollow lens, which there's more of those out there than Magic Leaps because, you know, there was that leak that suggested they may have sold about 12 of the first generation ones. Um, so, um, when you look at, like, the the, the, the games that, that are the highest rated, you've got Fragments and then Robo Raid, the one that Microsoft showed off at their presentation when they announced the HoloLens like 180 years ago. It's... That one's number two, and it's basically not changed at all, and it's the same game over and over and over and over again, and that's the number two. Not great. It would be, but that's because there's not many of them out there. Even the hollow lenses, there's not a lot in consumer hands. They're mostly in business hands because they were thirty five hundred dollars a piece. Yeah. So yeah, it would be great to see uh, some some you know AR mixed stuff. The Apple headset is supposed to be a proper MR. It's supposed to be AR VR mix. We'll see if that ever comes to market. It's supposed to hit in 2023, but it was also supposed to hit in 2020, I think. So, you know, we'll see. 
Um, I think what, what Carmack is saying, and I think I agree with him, is there needs to be more legitimate players in this space. Windows MR was not it. Um, there need to be more players in this space. It can't be just essentially just HTC and Oculus. It, there's got to be more serious players um, because that's when a company has to dump the chaos or get left behind. So it'll either it's you know it's a put up or shut up kind of a situation if there's more players uh, in in the space that are serious contenders. In my experience, Magic Leap's not it. The Hololens, as much as I love it, not it. Um, there, you know, all the Windows MR stuff, not it. So, somebody has to come along and put up a challenge here, and uh, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll see it at some point. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. Uh, you can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live purevpn. I know this is the wrong topic, but there apparently is a HoloLens version of Lemmings. Just got to put that out there. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking in the Microsoft store. Anyway, um, uh, at the beginning of the show, in the intro, we were talking about uh, the project that Avram has been up to lately and some of the, uh, the things surrounding it. Um, let's, get some, let's get into some details on that, Avram. Sure. So I wanted to talk, uh, well, I'm uh, doing some monitor work. Why? Well, first of all, I should say that probably the most important and sometimes underrated part of your computer setup is your monitor or monitors, uh, in my case, uh, four monitors, because, I mean, that's what you're interacting with, right? That's what you're looking at all day long. So if you can get a better looking monitor that gives you better picture quality, that's an immediate improvement to your quality of life. If you can increase the number of screens you have or get bigger screens or get higher resolution screens, that is immediate improvement to your quality of life. And of course, if you're a gamer, uh, which I'm not much of a PC gamer, um, then getting a higher refresh rate uh, would greatly improve your quality of life as well. But in my case, I'm all about the productivity work. And for for a couple of years now, I've had a four monitor set up with two on the top and two on the bottom. But the two that I had on the top were my, uh, my two bottom monitors were two 28-inch uh, 4K Lenovo monitors. Uh, they were the L28U30, uh, also known as the S28U10, same thing, uh, 4K monitors. And, but my top monitors were monitors that I bought in 2012 
They were Dell 24-inch HD monitors, and they were still working fine. But holiday season rolled around, and I said, I want to do better. I want to improve. What can I do to, what can I get this holiday season to kind of improve my tech life? And, you know, I've rebuilt my computer this year. Yeah, I could get a better 3D printer or something, but, you know, that's not something I'm using every single day. Um, what What would really change the game for me? Oh, getting, going to changing those two old 1080p monitors to 4K. And then I thought about it and I said, you know, not now if I'm going to get two new monitors, do I want to get two that are exactly like the ones that I have, which probably would have been the smart thing, or do I want to try to get ones that are a little bit nicer? The ones I had were like $250 4K monitors. You know, decent color, decent, you know, sharpness. But wouldn't it be nice to have ones that could do like wide color gamut, really pop, uh, you know, good for graphics editing, but just also nicer to look at. So I was trying to figure out which monitor, which two monitors I would get to replace my my top ones. Um, and... You know, would I just move the bottom ones to the top because the bottom left monitor is like the most important monitor for me because that's what one I sit directly in front of. Anyway, so I so I was looking around and I wanted a monitor that could do like, you know, wide a wide color gamut like at least ninety five percent of the DCI P three gamut, which is like the movie the the video color gamut and maybe something that could do 99% of Adobe RGB because that is a sign that you have a lot of color uh, volume. Um, so the thing is, it's not expensive to buy a 4K, uh, a 4K monitor. What is expensive is if you want it to have a lot of color, then you may be spending five, six, seven hundred dollars monitor what i discovered and here's the nugget for um for the audience is you can save a lot of money and get a really good monitor if you're willing to buy a used monitor now this is not universally true it depends on what type of monitor you're looking for if you're looking for a you know mid-range gaming monitor that operates at it's like you know, 2K resolution and 165 hertz, you really, there's no benefit to buying a used one. You can't get a used one cheaper than a new one. But if you want something that is like a, you know, high res professional monitor or even some really, you know, even some really uh, high res gaming monitors, a high end monitor, you can save a lot of money by getting, by finding an older one that may be just as good as what is around what's being made today. Uh, one thing that I learned in my journey is how long a monitor can actually last. So 
Um, Scott, you and I were talking about this the other day. What is the oldest monitor that you have? Um, my kind of wall of 27-inch HPs are, I think, 11 years old, 10 or 11 years old. And do you use them a lot? All the time. Right. So, um, you know, my two Dell monitors that I was replacing, like, they are 10 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, I got them in 2012. Maybe it was even 2011. I think it was 2012. They're 10 years old. And nothing went wrong with them. They're perfectly fine. It's, I don't know if you remember when I was a kid, they used to have Carter's pajamas. And they would say, if they could... Just stay little till their carters wear out. Well, if you if you could just, you know, if my monitor is like the carters pajamas, it won't wear out. So um, if I could just, if they could just stay as the highest resolution until they wear out. But um, so a, an LED backlight in an LED backlit monitor, which is the most common type of backlight today, uh, can uh, I have read in various places can last between 80 and a hundred thousand hours. Um, if you were running it at eight hours a day, that would be uh, 34 years. Uh, now that's okay. of course not, that is of course not counting other parts in the monitor that could possibly wear out too. But everyone that I talked to, including myself, uh, <laughs> has stories about a monitor that's lasted 10 plus years. Um, which means that, hey, these things last a long time. So buying a used one is not necessarily a problem. Like, you know, if it was used for three or four years, you could probably still get at least another 10 years out of it, by which point you may be wanting a better monitor. Um, but to be fair, the technology also doesn't change that often. I mean, if you think about it, right? Um, the resolutions that people had on their monitors 10 years ago are still in use today. The, um, the connectors that people used on their monitors 10 years ago are still in use today. Or you can get a, an adapter if your you know, monitor was VGA or DVI you can easily get an adapter for them. So monitors can last a really long time and they can be with you through many different computers or upgrades of your, of your desktop. Uh, what, ha what changes usually in the monitor world is things getting cheaper, you know, cheaper for higher resolution, cheaper for cheaper for bigger screen, and now cheaper for uh, for high refresh rate. And on the very high end, we are seeing uh, higher refresh rates. But, you know, because I think we're finally going to start seeing like 500 hertz refresh rates, where today I think 360 is the top. And, you know, on for 4K monitors, I think we just saw like a 240 hertz 4K come out. But... Um, if you are not, do not need the, the bleeding edge of, of refresh rates, uh, in gaming, you can save quite a bit of money. So 
I looked around and and my story was, hey, I, I want something that has a lot of has wide color gamut. I want something that's 4K. I want something that's 27 or 28 inches because my monitor arm can't hold, um, unfortunately, can't hold 30 or 32 inches, or else I would get that. Um, so, uh, so I looked around and like. You know, I had two Lenovo monitors. I thought it'd be cool to get another one that kind of had the same aesthetic. And I found that Lenovo has a high color gamut monitor called the P27U20. But the new, the current generation, the P27U20 costs 550 bucks. And normally it's 700 bucks. That's a lot, particularly if I want to buy two monitors. Um, also, Supposedly, there's some users report that the B27U20 uh, has coil wine issues where it makes noises when it's plugged in, which is oh. definitely not cool. Um, so I saw that the, uh, so I was looking around and on eBay, there was a company that pulls monitors from, um, from offices called North Bay. And they were selling a P27U10, the prior generation, which still is 99% Adobe RGB, still is, you know, like 98% DCI-P3 um, and for $200, you know, in supposedly perfect condition. So I said, I will, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to see what, I'm going to see if it says that if this is, this is, eBay says that if these things are not working, you know, not working, you can demand your money back. So I ordered it for 200 bucks. A few days later it came and man, I love this monitor. It's like the best monitor I've ever had. It's so, it's so good. The, the colors really pop. The text is super sharp and it's easier to read for some reason. I don't know if it's the pixel density is just a little bit better but it's much easier to read the text on this than on the 28 inch Lenovo's I had already. It's like one inch smaller, but it's easier to read the text. Is it that you just by shrinking at one inch, you're getting a higher PPI? I don't think so. I think it's just better quality panel. I think it's just a much better panel. Um, so it looked absolutely fantastic. And I started to, you know, look around to see like where else are people like, is this a common thing that you could save money by buying a used monitor? And indeed it is, as long as you kind of go into it knowing what you're looking for and what is worth getting used. So you want, there's several different places you could buy a used monitor. You could get one on, from a wide variety of sellers on eBay, including uh, companies that do nothing but this or nothing but kind of pulling, you know, kind of e-cycling monitors from businesses, uh, which are definitely, if it comes from a business office environment, it's actually probably in better shape than if it came from someone's house, probably. Um, and, um, you know, obviously places like that will, you know, offer you some guarantees. Um, but there's also uh, Amazon warehouse where you can get stuff, but the prices there are not quite as good as, as eBay. Lenovo and Dell have outlets uh, where prices can be kind of variable. Uh, there's also a, a, a website called Back Market, 
which sells uh, kind of used and refurbished uh, computer goods. And I, you know, I would feel weird about buying a lot of different uh, components used, you know, maybe a laptop, maybe a, you know, I, I might feel a little bit more hesitant about that thing has been carried around. It has a battery. It's got things that, you know, the keyboard that, that wears out. Um, and of course, a laptop or something like that, if you get one that's several years old, it's that much more obsolete. It's got a processor that's old now, whatever. But a monitor, I think a monitor is the perfect thing uh, for somebody to buy used uh, because it doesn't have any moving parts. The technology doesn't change that drastically. They last forever. Um, and, you know, it can be with you for a long time to come. So you just need to, obviously, if you're interested in buying a used monitor, uh, well, actually, I think the first question you should ask is, what kind of monitor do I want? And can I save money by buying it used? Uh, it seems obviously, as I said before, that professional grade monitors, ones with lots, you know, that are used for uh, for editing, for like video and photo editing, for you know, things where you want good color, those are actually some of the best things to buy used because a lot of those are pulled from offices. The technology on those doesn't change that radically over the years unless you're going for something like OLED, which is super expensive. Um, so for example, um, another example, uh, LG makes a 5k monitor that's very popular with Mac users. Um, LG's 5k ultra fine monitor. It first came out in 2019, but they still make it today. A new, uh, copy of that monitor is, uh, 1200 bucks. They're still making it new, but it's 1200 bucks. You can find one that is. Uh, in good shape uh, for 850. Now, that's maybe that's still a lot to spend on a used monitor, but if you buy it from a place that is reputable, uh, and of course eBay and every a lot of these other places, if you get it and it comes in the mail and it's not as described, it's defective, you can send it right back and get your money back. Um, so you're willing to kind of take the risk of the hassle of having to ship it back. Um, you could save a lot of money. Uh, some places offer you a free, you know, year or two year warranty on the monitor that you get, but I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that because those third party warranties are, you know, not necessarily coming from the company that made it. You know, if it's a Lenovo monitor, it's not a Lenovo warranty. Uh, and, uh, frankly, my take on this is when you get a used monitor, hook it up use it for a few days make sure you don't don't leave it in the box too long use it for a few days really kind of burn it in make sure it works and then you know chances are it's going to keep working especially if it's used because if it was defective from the factory that defect would have already been found been, been found so they in my experience not a lot of monitors just wear out you know if it's working and you don't drop it it's probably going to keep working. Well, that's, that's obviously that's good information. Um, sometimes not always the, the, the plural of anecdote can be data. Uh, <laughs> you and I have right. both had, had very good experience with, with long-term monitor usage. And it's good to hear that, you know, 
technologically it does work out that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, honestly, I have not seen a lot of good repair data or something on like the lifespan of a monitor aside from the backlight. But the backlight is that part of the monitor that's supposed to wear out, and that's good for eighty to one hundred thousand. You know, uh, so now could there be something else in your monitor that breaks, like the power supply? Sure, possibly. Um, I mean. But on the other hand, who knows whether it would have broken, you know, I don't know, would have broken on a new system, so on a new one. I mean, I think that for a lot of things, there is a limited, a lot of things you buy, there's a limited lifespan. For example, you'd be crazy to buy a used, used storage device. Like, sure. don't buy used SSD. Don't buy used hard drive. Those things are going to wear out. Like, there's a limited number of write cycles on an SSD, although it's pretty high, and you really don't want, uh, and you really could hit that limit in a few years. But um, I don't know. It just seems like a monitor is, you know, obviously there's always some degree of risk involved, but it seems like you can really mitigate that risk by buying from a reputable vendor, making sure that you test it. Uh, and you know, send it back if it doesn't doesn't work. You can really, um, you know, save yourself a lot of money by buying used monitor. That's as I said before, that doesn't work for every situation. There are certain uh, classes of monitor where buying it used just doesn't make sense. It's like it's no cheaper. So why would you do it? I don't think you should consider buying used monitor unless you're going to save at least a hundred dollars over the cost of an equivalent new monitor um you know and by equivalent i mean it may not be necessarily the same model because it may be the the used one you're buying is the last generation or something but you should unless you're going to save a hundred dollars at least a hundred dollars don't don't do it but um you know there's a chance to save to save Quite a bit of money and if you're buying if you're like me you're trying to buy you know several different monitors then uh maybe you can't maybe it's a little bit pricey to to you know buy the 700 dollars one when you can get get it for 200 bucks so i liked that monitor so much that uh you know but i couldn't find another another one being sold used at the time mm-hmm. and i thought oh yeah i'll get a new Black Friday, I'll get a new Dell monitor that is similar, uh, a Dell U2720 QM, which is supposed to be fairly wide color gamut and also 27-inch 4K monitor, and that was on sale for 350 brand new. Well, I got it, and I have to say that the brand new Dell, the colors on it just are not nearly as good as the old Lenovo. Uh, so much so... You know, I kept the Dell because it has um, some redeeming features. It has HDR, which the, which is nice to have on one of my monitors. But then I was like, oh, man, I'd really like to have another one of these great Lenovo's. And I saw someone else selling one on eBay for 159 bucks, And I was like, hey, I'm going to get that and replace one of my other monitors with this. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Although one of my tips is... Make sure you look at how much the shipping is because 
it was 159 bucks, but the shipping wasn't exactly free. So it's going to be more like 240 bucks. But um, even there, you know, to get a really, really good professional class monitor, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, it's, it's worth, uh, it's worth it. So that's my advice. Consider if you want to save money and you're looking for a monitor, particularly professional monitor or high-end gaming. Uh, for example, I saw an Asus ROG P32UQ that was $1,000 when it came out uh, in early 2022. Uh, now we're seeing um, you know, pre-owned ones for $700. So, um, you know, that you could definitely save money if you're looking for something that is on the high end. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a huge discount right there. Thirty right. percent. Now that's I mean that's that's yeah. a big difference. It is now you know obviously you you gotta you know make sure you buy it from a reputable place and sure. you know test it out. But yes, you could save uh, you know you could save three hundred dollars on that. So. Um, so, you know, cause I think they just, it just came out earlier this year and they've already kind of replaced the model with a slightly different model, mm. but you know, it's still good. Right. I mean, like the changes in monitors are very often very subtle from one generation to another. So, you know, it's, it's not like getting a new process, you know, buying an old processor or something. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, obviously I assume you're put your, uh, you're working on a piece involving yeah, all this probably information. Yeah, Yes, all the tips I just told you, my whole monitor drama and story will be on Tom's hardware probably tomorrow. Fantastic. Well, as always, Avram, I appreciate it. Um, you know, with with strike and everything, we are we always looking at monitors. It's a big <laughs> big part of our normal, you know, operating. We've got I think we've Oh, I own more televisions than a normal human being should because of that business <laughs> at this point. Uh, but monitors as well. So, you know, that's it's it's good advice. It's something uh, that we'll take uh, into consideration over there. And um, when I'm ready to fully update the, uh, the tree out in Mission <laughs> Control uh, yeah. as well. And uh, as always, I look forward to what we talk about after the first of the year. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround, plus extra features into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa.
This year has been an interesting year for uh, Valve. They finally found a hardware product category that worked for them. Um, the Steam Deck came out to, uh, well, was announced and then released to much customer uh, approval. There were some day one issues that were solved over the first week, um, which, you know, honestly, great turnaround time uh, on, on all of that. And um, they learned a lot from past hardware and platforms that didn't work so well. Um, for example, the Steam Machines, if you were around during those days, um, it was a partner program. Alienware and a number of other companies all teamed up with Valve to create living room computers that were intended to be used as, um, as consoles, essentially, but playing com you know PC games in living room mode. Um, Steam OS was created for that, um, created an interface between that and big picture mode for the Steam uh, client that allowed for controller you know, use in a way that was better because regular Steam is designed for mouse and keyboard. Um, but the Steam machines were an absolute failure. Valve couldn't get it together and actually get the operating system out. And at one point, Alienware absolutely gave up and just released them with Windows 8 on them um, and an altered uh, UI with uh, a game launcher in it. Um, and in fact, they offered uh, the Steam client in big picture mode on Windows because they just totally gave up on SteamOS. Um, and then they had the controller, the Steam controller, which was loved by nobody because it was weird beyond belief. Um, it had two trackpads on it in weird places and it was like a trackpad directional pad hybrid thing oh like the whole controller was weird but they took all of those failures and they learned from them and they built the steam machine and everybody who's ever touched one is impressed by it lots of companies are trying to compete with it now um you know i get i get at least one press email a week it feels like with some you know, Chineseium knockoff of the, the Steam machine or uh, of the Steam Deck being pitched my direction, um, which is definitely an indication that that Valve has hit something. They've got it. Um, obviously, new hardware is inevitable. Um, like Thanos, it it is inevitable. It will come, uh, and so they're feeling empowered by this, as as you would expect. But they don't expect that a second generation or an upgraded version of the Steam Deck will have any major performance changes because one of the things that they feel has been a success is that they're all the same. We know what they are. They work the same. That's the reason why consoles work, right? Um, when, when you compile a game for the... For the well, I mean, maybe not this generation on Xbox. We'll say PlayStation Five. When you <laughs> when you compile a game for the PlayStation Five, you know what you're getting. You know the resolution. You know what power is behind it. You know what you can put into a game. Um, and that's what that's what Valve is is really focusing on here. What they want to do is they want to fix those amenities. Maybe a Steam Deck Plus. Please don't call it that, Valve. I, it's a joke. I'm so tired of <laughs> using a Plus. Um, 
So they want to work on things like battery life, which is not great, especially for a device that's supposed to be portable. Um, so they want to work on that. They want to work on some of the things surrounding it, make the, make the experience better, which I think is a is a is a solid idea. You know, we see it. PlayStation does it every generation, right? The PlayStation comes out, and then there's a second generation. What do they do? They pull the power supply out of the console. They make it a little smaller. They manage to beef it up a little bit, um, and it's the second generation. With the PS3, there were I think three where. There was Big Bertha, and then the the normal one, and I think there was the Pro. Um, it's it's a long-standing tradition. At some point, there'll be a next generation, but for now, they want to essentially do a an enhanced model to to fix some of the things that that customers have said they could do better. What do you think? Yeah, I mean that's good. I think they should uh, maybe give you the possibility of removing the removable Joy-Con controllers, sort of Joy-Con style, oh, yeah. would, would be good because a lot of people, I, I don't know what the track record is at this point with Drift or whatever, but uh, obviously that's been a big concern is the controllers wearing out mm-hmm. and you can't replace them. So right. that would uh, that that would be a major issue. Because it's, more, uh, so I think it's that, more Nintendo Switch Lite than it is Nintendo Switch. Yes. <laughs> so being able, being able to change those would be, I think, would be good. Uh, maybe improve the, definitely improve the battery life. Maybe improve the, improve the screen a little mm-hmm. bit. Could they get That's like one of the Nintendo? Could they get about. an OLED? Could they get an OLED panel in there? Um, does it have? Does this, I'm not sure. Does it support Wi-Fi six E? Um, I don't think so. I think it's six flat. Right. So, like, that's another thing. A lot of gaming systems now do 6E, particularly because this is a cloud-based system. You know, there's a lot of cloud gaming going on in this. Having uh, 6E would would probably be better. Um, I'll tell you. So, Steam Deck versus Stream Deck world's hardest thing to deal with typing just putting it out there now i can't tell you how many times i write stream deck which i i also have right here right i i have a stream deck and a steam deck upstairs so it yes confusing confusing yes and made by completely different companies too yes with very different purposes I'm just really shocked, though, that nobody else has picked up the ball uh, from from Valve and tried to run with it. Uh, this was a concept that um, has been around and been in, in demand for a while. Uh, sort of the Switch form factor gaming PC. Uh, Alienware famously showed off its concept UFO at CES 2020 and then never came out with it. And that would have been, you know, that would have been, I mean, maybe they couldn't have done it as inexpensively as as Steam, as Valve, although hard to believe that they couldn't, they couldn't do that. But, you know, like this is something I would have expected a larger PC vendor like a Dell 
to to take on but we haven't we haven't you know the only other companies that kind of make these are really small chinese companies um mm-hmm. that you know that do it much more expensively and yep. it's not um so I'm, I'm just really surprised after the success of this that you don't see others you don't see others doing it well here's the thing we don't know what january is going to hold right yeah this this is true uh this is true. It's possible somebody else will pick will, will do it. But so far, Dell it's not Dell might might get off their butts and actually take that thing to the next level. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean Razor. I could see Razor jumping in. We know that um we know that Logitech has a thing. Yes, that's an Android based one though. Yeah. Uh so there's been several attempts to do this sort of thing with Android. Mm-hmm. Um, Logitech's not the first. I'm trying to remember yeah. some of the other ones that we've seen. I've seen some that I think never came out. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think, like, people need to stop trying to make Android gaming happen. Like, yes, people want to play Android games on their phone. They just, Android is not, like, people do not... It's just not scaling up. People like, like for example, Nvidia Shield trying to do like a console to play Android games. It's just it's not working for whatever reason. Not that it couldn't ever work, but the yeah. ecosystem is just not not right for it. These games yeah. are made for touchscreen. They're not really made to. There a lot of them are free to play and try to make you buy stuff. There's it's the the, the difference between mobile games and like console now, or or pc games now there is there is a market for you know game pass on mobile but again that's small right for cloud for cloud right. gaming right. so so you could use a device you could do on steam sure but you could also do it on an yeah. android device um i've i've put my hands on a couple of these android things um, that do allow you to install the Xbox Game Pass app and then stream to the Android devices with, and I mean that's a f- that's a pretty solid experience depending on the hardware and what Wi-Fi it has. Which, by the way, the answer to your question is AC, which is a surprise to me. Wi-Fi it's five, not, yeah, that's not yeah. even six. So that's. Yeah, so that 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 has to be improved. Like that's yeah. a serious problem. They that and I'm it can't be that expensive. That. It can't be that expensive that. to. They're probably developing it for a while or whatever. But mm-hmm. every new laptop now has six. There's no fives anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think they need to, I mean, but congratulations to them for for, for really doing something, that. Uh, you know, people have wanted for a long time and making it popular and making it mainstream. I don't think, though, that it's this. And remember, Razer had something many years ago. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was actually a pretty cool idea. It just didn't last very long where they had like the two handles on the on the side. It was much bigger. Mm-hmm. It came mm-hmm. out, too. Yep. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was like handle style. You know, you'd sort of hold it like this. Was it the razor um, edge? Maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Razor uh, Edge, the ultimate Android gaming handheld. No, it wasn't Android. This was a PC. Oh, this is a new thing. It says reserve now. Not ne- oh. Sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Yes. I, I see there's a reserve uh, now in the top corner. Ah, another Android, though. See, yeah. the, the problem is that you cloud gaming isn't there yet in terms of the ubiquity of the titles that you want. Plus, uh, plus the thing is, with a portable device, you know, you're going to want to take it places. And so you won't be guaranteed, unless it's going to have like 5G and a really good 5G, like how are you going to be sure that if you're in the airport or whatever, like you're, you know, you take it to the park or wherever it is you're taking it, that you can actually do anything. And PC gaming, like PC gaming is a good platform. It's a very well-established platform with lots of great games that play offline. So I, and I, I don't think that they actually have to constrain the performance. Like I guess in order to hit their price point, they do. And also to hit their power and heat envelope. But like if, if Intel comes out with, or AMD come out with, you know, much better, you know, much better integrated graphics for such for this kind of thing, they should absolutely upgrade it because I mean every ounce of performance you will be able to use. Just as a note, uh, there will be a five G uh, version of the Edge because now I'm reading on this thing. With yeah. with millimeter, uh, so proper five G, not not the five uh, G, <laughs> the, <laughs> the UC or whatever, um, and it is six E. So <laughs> all the things that yeah. we're saying, except again that it's Android based, uh, but it is uh, very focused. Uh, it talks about Game Pass. It's very focused on that experience. So. But yeah, um, enhance the Wi-Fi, enhance the uh, the screen. Possibly offer a a five G UC version. Uh, definitely improve the battery. Those would be those would be the things that I think uh, uh, Valve should be focusing on, based entirely on you know my knowledge and experience with the device. Those are the those are the things that I think yeah. they should hit hard. Um, what I don't think they should do, however, is go back to the Steam controller. Partially because the first one was so bad um, that I feared that they would do it again. Um, but partially because I think the name is probably damaged at this point. Maybe come up with a new name for it. You know, SteamCon or, well, but it's probably an actual convention with that name. So not that. But, you know, <laughs> come up with... Come up with a different name for it, um, because now we've got a solid reason for it to exist, right? the The original controller was kind of intended to be paired with the Steam machines that never really happened, um, and they were weird. They have learned about, you know, control styles. I, I described the original controllers as somebody who heard on the talked to somebody on the phone who was holding a controller, and based entirely on that phone call, went and designed something, uh, but had never actually seen one in person because 
definitely like a cartoon version of a of a controller. Um, but now they have figured out controls. The the Steam Deck holds solid. The controls are exactly where you expect them to be. They might be able to make a controller, but if they call it like the Steam Controller Two, people are gonna be like, Mm-mm, no, thank you. Uh, but when docked, take your controller, sit back, right? Stay in the ecosystem. You don't have to worry about, you know, I've got my my nice expensive Steam Deck and I'm using a $20 Logitech controller or whatever. I'm using an Xbox or a PlayStation controller. I got one from Steam. I got one that's designed to go with this device. I think that would be good. Just please don't use that name. Please don't, like try and make it a follow-up to the disaster that was the first one that's my that's my yeah sure i mean i think they, they got to come up with a better brand right mm-hmm. steam deck is a really solid name i yeah yes steam deck versus stream deck is very confusing for those of us who are gamers and in production but <laughs> outside of that it's not that confusing for most people um it's a solid name and it describes the thing. You know what it is from the name. You kind of know what you're getting into. Have a creative name like that. They didn't call it the Steam Handheld or, you know, whatever. Or the Steam Machines, right? Stupid names. Go, go with this this better naming convention. Um, leave the Steam Controller in the past and come into the future with something new. Um, you know, don't try and pull in OnlyFans. Your brand is... Steam controller is damaged. Don't try and go back to it. Go with something new. But I think the idea of a new controller is a solid idea. Most of the time, people want the peripherals to match the device. Right? And so, there you go. There you have it. You could stay in the ecosystem when it's docked. So, we will definitely see what comes from that and uh, what might come from a second generation or an updated version of the first. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, plus it actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, spyware, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. It's been another weird week over at Twitter. Uh, that seems like just about any week we would be able to say those words. Um, the, the chaos of quick decisions and then oh maybe i didn't mean that um is really starting to confuse people um this week the the company announced a ban on external social media links um which most people believed was likely because people were saying hey so i'm heading off the the platform join me over on mastodon or join me over on hive or you know whatever um, and, and putting links. And so, uh, Elon Musk said, no, 
And people went, yes. And the company went, okay. So that was reversed in less than 24 hours. It was very strange. But that's something that we've been seeing a lot lately. There was some... Uh, user accounts that were suspended and then unsuspended in a in a similar quick fire ma- manner uh it's definitely been um the promise was that it was going to be less of the wild west and i feel like we've gone more wild west with uh policies and and enforcement i don't know um but All of this led to an interesting poll the other night, led by our twit-in-chief, asking if he should step down from the CEO role. Now, here's the thing. He's already said it was was his plan, that he was going to... He never intended to to stay as the day-to-day operations person forever. Um, so he puts out a poll. Should I step down? Um, the answer was a very loud yes. Um, which even on our shows, we have essentially said probably a good idea. Um, because if you don't know from hour to hour how the platform is going to work, it's very hard to trust it with anything, right? I mean, it's, it's been chaos. It's been absolute chaos. Uh, but listen, he creates the chaos on purpose. I mean, he he doesn't really seem to have a governing philosophy except for do what I feel like right now and have chaos. Like when before he bought it, it was uh, oh yeah, we want to have free speech. We don't want to ban uh, people who've been banned. Uh, but then he unbans a bunch of people that he likes, and then bans a bunch of people who's who he doesn't like, then he decides that... Uh, like, people listen, people change their display names to his name and yeah. suspends them. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's... The dude has a very thin skin. Like, this is not a professional... It, it really makes me wonder how this person has managed to... Uh, has managed to allegedly run a bunch of successful businesses uh, seems like maybe he, he was a figurehead and other people were, were making the decisions and uh, somehow he had the money uh, from, you know, gather, made the smart investments or especially he was, since his family was rich and gave him money mm-hmm. uh, that he pay, was able PayPal was a big success. Right. So, you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, but, you know, he doesn't seem to have the temperament to the temperament to uh, be CEO of anything. Like you, I mean, he can get away with or sort of get away with this on Twitter. Imagine if, imagine if he ran SpaceX like this, right? Like, like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I don't like you know what you said, so I'm not gonna fire this rocket or something. like right. i mean the this is completely i mean the way that he even approaches things is just publicly has been just extremely juvenile and unprofessional like it's this is a master class and how either how to purposely destroy a business or how to or or how not to 
how not to run a business. Uh, I mean, if he had an objective, it's not other than damaging the brand. I'm not sure what it was because if it was like making it more of a pantheon of freedom of speech, he didn't do that. No. Nope. If it was trying to make it more of a success as a business, like sell, like selling more ads or selling premium services, didn't do that. If it was bringing some type of consistency of leadership or something to it, didn't do that because he keeps reversing the things that he says he's going to do, yep. right? Uh, I mean, if it was trying to make it more, I don't know, professional, although I don't know if anyone accused Twitter of being unprofessional before, but like, let's see, uh, insulting your current and for and recently former employees, extremely unprofessional. Even if you sure. think those things, you don't say them publicly, you know, keep it in here, uh, right? Keep it in here. <laughs> right. Like, you know, like you, even if you think something like you running the, you know, business, right? Like it's just a hundred percent in the guy yeah. just spent $44 billion to like have a, have a giant like tantrum mm -hmm. for, for a month and a half. And, you know, I suppose he could bring in somebody else who was trying to kind of meet some objectives but the question is what are those objectives he still owns the platform so they're his objectives so even if someone else is named the ceo is this someone else going to be behaving in this right. like irrational way because he still has to report to uh to musk right. and there's like no moderating factor here like a board of directors mm -hmm. or or you know the marketplace to say like, hey, wait a second, like this is just not a logical way to run any business, right? May and and maybe that's what happens, right? Or maybe the idea of of somebody else being the day to day operations is your three day waiting period, um, right? That that's your your cool down period between something happening and you making a stupid decision, and you don't have your hands on the controls anymore. You're not in the building. You're not going, all right, you guys switch offices or whatever weird things are happening in there. He, he's selling toaster ovens. I doesn't matter. Uh, um, maybe having somebody else. And I do believe that in his head, there was a thing. I don't know what that thing was. But there was a thing that he wasn't expecting all the other things to be as distracting as they've been. <laughs> because he's got a shiny new crazy town toy and he's playing with it. That's what I see. I see a kid with a new toy playing with it. And the kid yes, doesn't, but he's kind of... The kid doesn't care about the thing. Because we know that kids play with toys for a period of time and then they move on. And I, I really sort of feel like, like he's a kid playing with a toy. Yes, but he's like that kid. What was the name of that kid in Toy Story? The one who like melts all his toys? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the neighbor? Yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of it. But yeah, uh, he's like that kid. Mm -hmm. Stu, what was his name? I forgot. You know, just like 
just destroys all of his just like really violent and destroys all his toys sid yeah that's sid sid right yeah it's like sid uh, i got almost all so, the way through typing in my search and it hit me yes yes so anyway yeah this sid is Phillips, you know in fact i think doesn't matter continue so so like why what a complete waste of you know 44 billion dollars he wasted for this i mean yeah and is he and he he leveraged his um his tesla stock to pull it off so also he's damaged his brand true because i don't know if you you saw this but um somebody was talking to tesla dealerships and salespeople and they were saying the number of cancellations on pre-orders that have happened since musk bought twitter is more than all of the pre-order cancellations since they started working with the company yeah he's he's damaged the brand i mean he's turned it into a very uh, first of all he's turned it into a very like you know cause you know oriented like whole i mean he's like you know he's turned it into like for one thing no matter what he actually believes or mm-hmm. believe like he really uh, put himself out there in terms of having some very uh polarizing uh statements uh right and and by doing that like people who who were cool with being like associated with the tesla brand are now like wait a second like now Tesla, like especially because he's very closely associated with the brands that he owns yeah like he's very closely associated with, like you with said tesla yeah it's not like i i couldn't tell you who the head of like ford is right now yeah uh, I, I don't or know the, the ceo head. of g of gm like so i i wouldn't necessarily be like oh what does the ceo of gm think are they saying something saying something really offensive oh, i won't buy that chevy or whatever like you know there's a lot better reasons it, not to buy a chevy than that but but you know like people don't <laughs> but he's so closely associated with that brand yeah. it's he's made it about him and now that he's kind of tarnished his reputation not just his reputation as like oh you know i don't agree with something he said or whatever he seems like unstable and not very smart and so like people who kind of bought into this genius myth of him as being like a tony stark type of guy yeah uh which he actually appeared in (laughs) iron man 2 uh for that purpose right uh now are probably thinking like wow this guy really put one over on us because you know once we got to get a closer look at him he really doesn't seem that bright at all I feel a little bit like maybe he's he's the Tony Stark hidden away in the underground lab just doing whatever weird things he wants with no regard for Pepper Potts or anybody around him <laughs> or the, the end result of what he's created, Ultron, right? Like, I, I feel like Elon might be that Tony Stark. Not showering yeah, maybe, for but... weeks at a time and <laughs> not telling maybe, anybody I... that he's got 
He's poisoning himself through the thing. I'm just not convinced that he knows as much, like, you know, having read some stuff about him recently, like, apparently he didn't, you know, it's a lot of the things that he did, he didn't actually get, you know, he doesn't actually have as many degrees or whatever as people think or, or thought thought mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that happens at these companies was just sort of him investing in them not actually like coming up with ideas yeah. my favorite story did we talk about this in a previous episode the story about like the people at spacex who had set up like all kinds of fake uh displays for him when he comes into the office <laughs> no! uh, so there was a wonderful, I think this was a Twitter thread, which I'm sure if he saw now, he would probably purge. Someone who said they had worked. Or suspend the account. In, <laughs> yes. Worked as an intern at SpaceX at one time. And everybody at SpaceX was like, hey, um, we know who this guy is. We know that we've got to like put on a show for him when he comes into the office. He wants to see people working what he thinks working hard looks like yeah so um so what they would do is there was like one guy there who was a programmer and he had like a whole bunch of screens kind of like me and on one screen he set up an animation that looked kind of like the matrix thing where you know like in the matrix where they have all that text scrolling by or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he set it up it was just a fake animation but like it impressed elon musk because he was walking by and he saw that or (laughs) Another, another <laughs> time, like all of the, um, all he wanted to see people working late. So all of the like engineers or whoever sat, uh, sat at their, stayed late at their desks and played like some, some MMO game together. Sure. But he saw them all sitting there. So he thought they were working or whatever. Great solution and to a stupid problem. And apparently at all of the, like, levels of the company people understood this it was like hey the boss is coming we've got to put on a show and i have i have worked with people i have worked with people like that before and i I get it i mean not to that level but yes and and i and i get it like i worked at a place once where they were got people who were supposed to be doing reviews of video games but the ceo or whatever would come around and was angry if he saw them playing video games at their desk because, hmm. oh, people can't see you playing a game. Like, it was literally their job to play games. Yeah. But they had to, like, be ashamed of their job. And so, like, they'd have to go hide in a closet, basically, to to test video games during the workday. Like, so, because they were like, well, what if other people see you playing video games? That doesn't, that seems like you're not working. So, like, <laughs> again... Like, I mean, that's a lot of what goes on, too, with the, like, oh, we want to see people in the office not working remotely because then we know they're working. Like, these are very, like, yeah. in, very, like, out of touch kind of ways of of, of managing. And uh, he's, there he is doing them. So I, I love the idea of the Matrix screen that. Yeah. <laughs> That amuses yeah. me to no end. I appreciate that story. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, that was. I read that and I was like, "Yeah, I, I totally, I totally understand why they would do that." And yeah, uh, yeah, it's hilarious to think about. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, 
We don't know what the future holds. In fact, everything could have changed while we've been on the air tonight. Who knows? Um, he may have landed a rocket at HQ. There's no telling. Um, but as it continues to get weird, er, or calm, er, depending on what happens with uh, the the results of this Twitter poll, we will unfortunately keep you posted. <laughs> This week's DRM Not Included in F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We all know that you get free shipping on millions of products with Amazon Prime, but you get a whole lot more. Like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. We've got links to all of these features and some of our favorites, plus a 30-day free trial, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. The last couple of years have been interesting for AI-generated content, in particular, AI-generated imagery. I'm not going to use the word art for a particular reason. Um, AI-generated imagery has been controversial, um, in the early days, and by that I mean six months ago, um, most people were generally ignoring it. It was a toy. Um, I definitely used that that one that everybody was using um, to create, you know, um, aliens at Thanksgiving because the concept was funny to me, and that was about the extent of that. Um, but just over the last couple of months, and in particular over the last couple of weeks, um, the what it has cre been able to create has gotten significantly more advanced. And that has created some problems. Um, in particular, it has created some ethical and legal uh, ramifications. The legal issue is, what is being used to train these systems? Um, oftentimes, what happens is a Google image search is performed. Uh, those images are all downloaded, pulled in, used to train the AI with no regard for copyright or IP protection. Um, and artists have taken notice, um, particularly when the imagery that comes out of these systems looks very similar to either their style or nearly um, uh, art that they have created themselves. Um, so the question has come up, what is the... Um, copyright and IP protection involved in a computer essentially scraping the internet and taking images that are available on Google image search or on an art portfolio site to train the AI. Generally, the belief, especially among artists, is no. You may not do that. I did not give you permission for that usage. Search results do not change um, the, the copyright intent or the copyright licensing, and so, no. Many of these systems go, meh, and continue to do it anyway. Um, some, uh, one whose name has slipped my mind, uh, Stability AI, is allowing artists to opt out 
But you have to know as an artist that this thing exists. You have to then go to a different website and see if your imagery has been used to train the AI. And then you have to go actively opt out of that usage. Now, that's not going to be legally protected. I guarantee it. When these lawsuits get started, and they will, that's not going to be uh, protected. On the other side is the ethical ramifications of claiming the output of these systems as your own. Um, several of the comic book uh, publishers have come out and said, if you submit something that has come out of one of these AI systems, you will be blacklisted from our publication permanently, and I will do everything in, our, in my power to make sure that everybody else knows too. Because um, artists are taking this seriously partially because of the the legal and partially because of the ethical uh, ramifications here it's definitely an interesting thing that's going on um there what is your take on this you know it's funny but it seems like we've seen an explosion of ai uh or at least publicly available AI content creation mm-hmm. tools in the last like month yes. because chat GPT mm-hmm. has become a really big thing in the world of text and uh, a very interesting topic that we could have just as easily talked about in the same vein mm-hmm. is uh, I was reading a lot the last few days about teachers that are very concerned about plagiarism. Well, you wouldn't call it play, would you call it plagiarism about people using chat GPT to create their school paper, just right. create their school essays. And I've seen different perspectives on this. Like one was from a college, a high school English teacher who said, uh, this is so good now that people don't need to learn. Kids don't learn, to, need to learn to write essays anymore. Mm-hmm. And I find that very offensive. Uh, then, but then I saw one from a college philosophy professor who said something like we need to be really careful to stop this and like there is a tool that the chat gpt people make that helps you detect mm-hmm. chat gpt uh text but it's only 99 percent accurate right and school like uh college like policies are not updated to deal with this in the same right. way that they discipline plagiarism right uh, is this considered so- cheating that right, and that's that's exactly the same thing we're looking at here, right? Yeah. The, several of the comic book publishers are considering it cheating, and saying we will blacklist you from from ever publishing with us. You your name will be on a list. You will never be able to publish anything with us again. That's it. You'll be done. Um, but but the schools for for written stuff, their policies probably don't. You know, based yeah, on I where mean, they're written, pro- they're probably not up to date on whether or not this would be cheating one way or another. It's probably a weird vagary. Yeah. Well, here's another thing that's kind of messed up though. Like the comic artists obviously have a strong interest in not having AI take over their job. By the way, as a professional writer, I have a very strong interest in having AI not do my job either. Right. Um, So, uh, you know, we, we don't want, um, but 
I think our big worry should not be what other comic creators or other writers think of people who use AI, of individuals who use AI. We should be worried about companies using AI to replace these, mm-hmm. to replace humans. Uh, and, you know, it is it is quite conceivable. I know there's already like, there's already AIs that write news, that write mm-hmm. news stories. There's already AIs that uh, do some amount of, of writing. So like, yeah, I could totally see uh, this happening. On the other hand, like what an AI cannot do is an AI cannot do, an AI can do research to a point, but mm-hmm. it can't do, it can't, it can't have experiences. Right. Right. So it could not write, it could not write about its experience trying to install four monitors. Of very right. Exactly. It, 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 right. Cause it doesn't, it didn't do that. Right? right. It could go out and it could try to fake it from reading other people, people who have done it. But at some point someone has to actually try to put four monitors in right. or, you know, someone has to actually sit and type on this keyboard to write a review of it or mm-hmm. like to, to, to test it. Like, so experiences or, you know, if you're going out and you're doing journalism and you're interviewing people, someone's got to actually conduct an interview. It, it's not an AI. So like, yeah, you know, there's, there's like anything though, that is un- not original, like, Oh, I'm just kind of regurgitating something. Mm-hmm. Yes. An AI could, an AI could probably do and possibly do and possibly do better than a possibly do as well as a person, at least, sure. if not now, then soon. So that it, it is kind of scary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as it, as it com, I, I'll, comes I'll to art, you, like I've been, yeah. I've been experimenting with a lot of AIs, um, yeah. text generation, visual generation, audio generation, um, the text generation is interesting. Um, they are really good at misattributing quotes, uh, which, which is still obviously still going to be a huge problem, um, for trying to do news stuff. Um, but they, you're right. They can, they can research a topic that's not bleeding edge, um, and write decently. You still need somebody to clean it up because it definitely everyone I've touched definitely sounds like a computer wrote it. Right. You can you read it and it's a little chunky, it's a little sometimes a little too formal for a very soft topic, you know, things like that. Um but you're right, it's if if text generation can improve as quickly as this image generation has over the last six months, it could be a challenge. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, no question about it. I mean, I also do worry about, uh, you know, I, I do worry about that. You, I mean, I guess the question is, you know, when you're talking about creative work, do people matter? Like, and right. I mean, like, does the authenticity of having it from a real person matter? Right. Right. Like one thing to note, by the way, is that one thing that Google does right now in terms of its algorithm for finding text content is it has a principle called EAT, expertise, authority, and trust. Um, And 
the Google God is, you know, we don't know that the Google God always follows through with what the Google God says, right? But the Google God, the Google God says that like, we're going to judge you based on your, like the, the author matters, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm looking at what this author is known for doing, how long they've done it, like, et cetera, et cetera. So an AI doesn't have a reputation. And maybe that changes in the future, uh, but an AI doesn't. Maybe that AI is Google in the future. Maybe Google's just like, ah, I'm just going to write my own news now. I don't know. But um, but as far as but you know, as far as uh, we know, like people like people want you know want authority in some respect. Like they yeah. want expertise. They want authority. They, uh, so I'm not sure that there will, they will always get that from, you know, some things may be acceptable the AI way, uh, in, including in terms of art, but, um, I can understand why artists who did the real work don't want the AI to, uh, profit off of their work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it also brings us to the, the question of what is art, right? Is something created by a computer art or does it require that authenticity? Does it, does it require showing something from the heart to be considered art as opposed to just imagery, which is the reason why I've been using the term AI generated imagery. Um, Cause I'm still debating personally on where my definition falls. Uh, I mean, art is uh art art is you know in the eye of the beholder so i guess if i think that it's art then it's art but i mean you know people would have there are people who would say that jackson pollock's are not art because it's just a splatter but then other people look at it and see something of great meaning so like mm -hmm. you know it's uh it, it's it's hard to say right sure. i mean i i think it's du it's taping a banana to the wall deal. Right. Is that art? Which, which was if the it's debate, in a museum. which was the debate, what, in 2019? Was that when that happened? Um, modern art has, has constantly come under that same conversation of what is art is duct taping a banana to a wall art and is something created by a computer after we're, ingesting and then kind of regurgitating a, a sampling of other things is it art who knows it's it's definitely going to keep philosophers busy uh i suspect for a generation yep no and question. uh i also think it's going to keep uh i think it's going to keep lawyers busy Did you say you had a question or that was a good question? Yeah, it's a good question as to whether, you know, well, I mean, there's going to be some wonderful lawsuits. Yeah, for sure. And they'll, they will be fascinating to follow. Um, you know, the, the monkey selfie was a fascinating thing to follow. Who was the owner of the photo? All of this is going to be an equally interesting 
uh, you know, case law uh, to, to keep track of over the next couple of years because we're just getting started in this. This is just the beginning, and I guarantee it's going to get way more interesting very quickly. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. I saw um, quite a few people uh, watching live tonight. We always appreciate that. If you didn't, would like to in the future, normally Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. Of course, this is the end of the year. We will be preparing for CES at the beginning of next year. So uh, we've got two holidays following falling on the next two Sundays, one of which will be a travel day for us. So we will be tearing this studio apart. So this is our last show of the year. Um, but the uh, Plug Hits and TPN team will be in Las Vegas starting on January 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th for CES 2023. We've got a lot of content coming. Uh, it's going to be a really, really good show and a big production this year. We're really excited about it. So you'll definitely want to check that out. Um, and I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we will see you back in the new year. Ciao. Yeah.